This is the Wheel of Time podcast on TV podcast industries, and this time we're talking about the Wheel of Time season two, episode seven, Des Damer, meaning the great game, but is more commonly known as the game of houses. Mm. I saw what she did to the last man who called himself Dragon. Is that why you ran from the eye of the world? Why you hid here? I left to protect the people I love. Don't be so selfish. You were born to protect this world. Every person in it. Not just the ones you love. Listen to me. The Eminence is a smart woman. She's a good woman. And she comes from humbler beginnings than you. That's my right now you're doing this. There's one rule above all others for being a man. Whatever comes, you face it on your feet. Welcome back, fellow wheelies. Yes, this is the Wheel of Time podcast on TV Podcast Industries. We are looking at episode seven of season two of the Wheel of Time, Des Damaires. I am one of your great houses, John. And rounding out this duo, yes. I am Chris, but I'm in the same room. I can touch him. Oh my goodness, so this good. is so tactile, this podcast yes. today. I can touch a fellow host, which yes. sounds worse than it actually is. <laughs> Derek is, um, is otherwise engaged, or dare I say, he's just being a lazy git. <laughs> yeah, lazy, lazy, let's say. But he is still editing this, so yeah. what? hopefully we don't sound terrible if we do. It's his fault. Yeah, it's it's all my fault, uh, to be honest. Uh, I have done the setup, so we'll see how it goes. <laughs> but, fellow wheelies, yes, welcome to our episode 7 coverage of Wheel of Time. As I said, yes, this is the great game. The meaning of uh, Des Damere is the great game or the game of houses, which sounds like a Game of Thrones type thing. Yeah, but we don't get much in this episode. There's not much political injury aside from one small bit. I was expecting more of the kind of the great game, but no, there are many other things to discuss in this episode. There certainly, certainly are. This was jam-packed. But fellow wheelies, uh, before we get going, remember you can subscribe over on our website at tvpodcastindustries.com where you can subscribe to any good or evil podcast player of your choice. We also love to get your feedback as well. So you can send in emails to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com or you can join and head on over to our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups. Of course, forward slash TV podcast industries. Yes. Um, And if you want to get your hand on some Wheel of Time goodies, you can enter the Wheel of Time Tavern Quiz. So we'll be giving the question at the end of the episode or end of our discussion of this during our Tavern Quiz. And then all you need to do is at the end, uh, once you have all eight answers 
to all eight questions. Send them into feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com and you can be in with your chance, if you get them all right, yes. to Wheel of Time goodies. I feel like a naughty kid with Derek not being here. It's like we're going to drive the podcast into a wall. <laughs> probably. It's, probably, it's highly true. I'm just like, what else can we do and get away with? Yes. Must stay on target. Stay on time. <laughs> Leave spaces. Oh, no. We're going to destroy it. <laughs> we are the dragons reborn. <laughs> <laughs> but we must destroy it to make it whole. First, let's get into some episode details. John, do you want to tell us who gave us what, where, and how? Wow, yes, I think I might. Uh, Yes, this is, of course, based on the book series by Robert Jordan. And, as always, the showrunner is Rafe Lee Judkins. Uh, This episode was written by Justine Jewell Gilmer. um, And she wrote The Flame of Tarvalon on episode six of Wheel of Time. So... Yes, she is used to this world and returning. Um, And finally, the director for this episode is Sana Hamari, who directed episodes three and four of this season as well. So again, lots of people who are familiar with uh, the Wheel of Time world. Yeah, and it's good to have them. Like Once you have that writer's room, they have an understanding of who they are, what they are, as well as the director who has... Okay, this is the vision I have for Kamalin. This is the one I have for kind of Falm. And they they, yeah. they, they have a, a set structure and kind of vision and they, they stick with it. Which exactly. Is yeah, good stuff. Well, here's another shocker, fellow wheelies. Uh, Chris, would you like to give us the synopsis for episode seven of The Wheel of Time? Des Dalmer. Sure. Matt is abducted for Karain by Lanfear and brought to Ishmael in Falm, where he drinks a tea that supposedly shows him who he really is. Nynaeve and Elaine manage to use the Adam to take a Soldam captive after learning from Loyal that only Soldams can approach the kennels where Egwene is held. Perrin and Avignende meet up with two other Aiel warriors, Bane and Chayad, who join them in their journey to Falm. In Kyrain, Rand is brought to Suan Sanchez, who takes him captive, intending to use him as a weapon against the Dark One. Banthres is revealed to be a dark friend and tasked by Leandrin with killing Moraine, but Avignon uncovers the plot and locks him in a cell. Lan learns from Loghain that Ishmael didn't steal Moraine at all, but shielded her. Rand persuades Lanfear to help him get to Falm, and she assaults the foregate to distract Suan, allowing Moraine and Lan to escape with Rand, who uses the one power to cut the shield around Moraine, allowing her to channel once again. Suan finds him as they're about to leave Karain through a waygate, but she is ambushed by Lanfear, who easily defeats her and opens the gate, allowing Rand, Moraine, and Lan to leave for Falm. Excellent stuff. Yeah, tons of stuff going on uh, in lot. this episode. Lots of stuff that were really unexpected um, for me as a up-to-book-four reader. Um, loads of differences, and, and yet eerily similar to where... Um, the end of book two kind of finishes and what's about to happen, I think. So there's a lot of uh, pick and mixing going on with different storylines, probably some that are in later books that I haven't gotten to yet, but like really uh, interesting in that sense. What I think they're doing is they're, they're picking certain threads or moving certain things around, but at the same time, 
this is an adaption. And we've talked about this kind yeah. of in our discussions of any of the kind of shows and things, anything that's pulled from a previous source. They're adapting it. And I, I, I'm back reading. I'm back on the, the Great Hunt myself. I just started rereading it again to kind of go through what did happen, what didn't happen, what might happen. Just kind of reintroduce it into my mind as we kind of get towards the finale of this show. Um, I think they're just going to drop some things. Straight up, just some storylines are just not going to go the way we think they are. Like, quick point of order. Tom is still nowhere to be seen. Yes. And this is at the end of season two now. (laughs) Absolutely. So I'm like... Oh, okay. That that's maybe a character they're not going to reintroduce till like book till season three or never. That's like maybe it. we just don't get a Tom. Yeah, and and his companion because he's like a lot kind of traveling and aligned with with Matt's quite yeah. heavily in, in the books. So absolutely, and even around the exposure of House Damadred because you get the feeling from well, you don't get the feeling from the books. The the, the books really do indicate that. Tom Marilyn knows about House Damadred <laughs> and I guess the the dirty secrets or just the secrets are of that house and yeah. and Moraine's um you know who she is a bit more before she was an ice at eye so like it's kind of interesting who they're leaving out but I, I do hope they bring Tom back in well they they they, they Although did. we are spoiling massively here but or i did i should say and uh, but hey yes but it's fine but that's right but so let's get into our, our spokes for this episode let's get into our discussion because there are a few things that we can at least kind of not spoil but kind of gently massage into the conversation and i think probably the first one is if i don't mind spoke number one uh matt's vision quest that he goes on with ishi yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, taken out by um, Lanthier and taken straight to Falm as he wakes up with his face uh, nuzzled, in, nuzzled, I should say, into a, a thick pile carpet or rug there in Falm. So, but ultimately, Lanthier doesn't uh, hang around too too long there, um, as Ishmael comes in to make him uh, some, well potion i guess or tea um i love the fact that he says is this a sex thing or is it a murder thing <laughs> either way can you stop talking <laughs> yeah exactly what is gonna happen here of course it's a very different thing altogether which was kind of interesting and something yeah i wasn't expecting or had no idea sort of where it was leading but it it kind of plays on uh matt's um, almost self-loathing of himself and, you know, or, or, or shame about his background, his upbringing. He always feels like he's the, you know, dare I say it, the, the poor, dirty, working class, um, kind of, uh, part member of the group, but not because of him, just because of the different families, you know. With Nynaeve being a wisdom, you know, uh, Rand's, uh, father having been a soldier and is now a farmer, and of course, with Egwene's father being pretty high up in the village, it, 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 it's that kind of context of him that this this self loathing thing it really plays into that. I think beyond that, it's also it's just he doesn't feel he has a place. The women have gone off to Tarvalon, like they have their story. Perrin went off with the Shinarian, 
um, to to hunt Pad and Fane. Yeah. He didn't even feel he belonged prior to that. Yeah, exactly. He, he was like, before they even went to the, the eye of the world, he left them but the way gate. And ever since then, well, even since then, because he got thrown into a into a cell in Tarvalon, he just feels like he is being captured and he doesn't belong. He's put everyone in danger, etc., etc. He doesn't belong with them. So I think the term you use, self-loathing, is the, the best part because this... The thing that Ishmael says that the, their, this age has forgotten so many things, not even just with one power, but even just with this, which is essentially just some form of kind of peyote. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a peyote tea that he's giving him, but it's magical and mystical because it's going to show him his future or potential futures and different lives and things like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so ultimately it's not a sex or murder thing it is a tea thing um it's a tea drinking thing and you know is it poison is it not it's quite clearly it's not but it's a it supposedly allows you to see your real self i mean i thought ishmael's stuff was really interesting it, this again like with the wheel of time it's this endless cycle this kind of yeah. rinse repeat that he talks about and he you know and he, he he kind of says to Matt, you know, don't you want to ask how to break that cycle? It's the, and I guess in this vision quest that 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 Matt gets, it's that he will simply just become like his father, and it will play out in a sense how he's seen it growing up, yeah. and that where you get his um his his mother basically saying, "You're a damn prick like him," mm. you know, so. Yeah, it was kind of interesting, really, in in seeing that. I mean, we see him being hung yep. as well. So you see him hung, you see him stabbed, you see him stabbing. You, uh, we just see him dead, just straight up dead on the yeah. ground, sort of um, being sort of put in a bucket of water, so yeah, drowned. drowned. Uh, there's also that one, yeah, and then we see him drowning. Um, so it, it's interesting. So it's either again. There's definitely one piece in there that is foretelling, kind of foretelling, kind of the future, kind of it's a hint and a nod for the future of the books. That, and I won't say which one because there's a few in there. The the hard part for me is either he's going to kill or be killed. That's seemingly the, the yeah. jump. It's like you will either die or you will kill. Yes. Someone. But then, or you'll kill yourself. It was a hard one for me to understand. I was just like, I get it. But I don't know what he learned from it, if that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Aside from just more, you're either going to kill or be killed, so why keep hating yourself? Yeah, or? and, it, and it, it seemed ultimately by the end of it that Ishmael had Matt on the hook because he goes, you know, how do I do it? Yeah. How do I break the cycle? Like, he, he wants to know. So it does feel by, you know, the the end of this tea drinking ceremony, uh, very different from a Japanese one or a British one, <laughs> dare I say it, but uh, it's like, it's that Mass has been hooked by Ishmael on, you know, what he's going to impart on yeah. him and how it may, you know, influence him and shape him going forward within this story so that was kind of interesting yeah and like it's like if we're kind of i'm jumping somewhat but like if we talk about um suan when she's talking to rand about um their place in the wheel they yeah. like so the matt perrin and rand are taverian they are they are the ones that that they shape the the, the weave around them yeah. like they're not just another spoke in the wheel of the what that drives the kind of 
wheel around there the water that pushes it and more so yeah but like even Matt Matt is a huge player in this uh, and he he will be so it's interesting to see like he is Ishmael is kind of turning him to his side and has already tried to turn Perrin yeah so we're going to see more and more of this well, okay, well, if I can't get Rand just yet, well, we want Rand, he'll come to us. Well, let's get Matt and let's get Perrin and get them on side. And then, well, actually, we can just make sure that the, the, the two other women that are with them, let's just bring them, put them uh, with the, the Senchan so that they are kind of off the board anyway. Yeah. And, and, and maybe, you know, I, as well, I guess we'll come to it with, um, Nynaeve and Elaine, but in, in this episode, we do see Egwene, showing her power and that yeah. that it may be part of the reason why ishmael you know as you say taking her off the board because she is a powerful yeah. channeler you know potentially more powerful than naive given that she can also control this yes. and, and and bring it you know turn it on just like that yeah so um that but having her controlled uh, by the Senchuan. Although you do hear from Rena, you know, her awful torturer uh, and kind of, and Suldam, that they at least see themselves on the side of the light. Yep. Uh, even though they have also been infiltrated by uh, dark friends um, with Saroth. Yeah. Uh, and her sort of, her alliance with Ishmael. So, yeah, really kind of, interesting stuff here again another piece on the board being sort of or trying to be removed by ishmael and in some ways seems like matt has hooked that but yeah i'm really interested to see where they go with matt as a character in this in this adaptation i like he he is a central character in the books and be it through whatever reasons, be it through the, the, the actor or just they chose to take him off the board for X, Y, Z reason. I hope we get more of him in yeah, season three. Me too. Because me too. he is, he's your carousing, charismatic, tomfoolery friend. Yeah, absolutely. He's the one who just gets in trouble, but always manages to get out of trouble. He, like, he, he's always got a smile on his face. He's another thing. Now, Part of that is he hates himself, and we yeah. know that from the books as well. But the character himself hates himself, but he always has a smile. He's always he he he's the epitome of someone who's um who's depressed. He's literally he hates himself, but he is always the center of the party. Absolutely, he, and in a sense, here it is his past that has always yeah. um held him back or made him sort of just the inward sort of loner that he feels himself, yeah. whether he is or he isn't. But uh, yeah, exactly. But I, I think uh, we can move on to Spoke 2 here because talking about the, the weaves of um, dark friends in this world, in, in the different parts of society, uh, Spoke 2, Darkness in House Damadred, in two ways, because we have Leandrin... Uh, <laughs> knocking at the door of House Damadred to come in for tea. And I have to say, all the way through this, I was just thinking, oh no, she's just going to weave, you know, daggers and, and, and sharp bits of air to kill uh, Anavera and Bathanis. And I was like, oh no. So I was kind of quite on edge all the time as she arrived and just sat down because you're like, what actually is she going to do here? And, um, 
And I thought, like, again, I've really enjoyed these scenes around House Damadres, um, and certainly with Anna Vare, um, because we do suddenly see that her son, Bothanis, is a dark friend. I like this. Yeah, I did. I really, really enjoy this. It And, you know, it's the reason why they've risen yep. in society in uh, Kaharain and reason why he is... The king you know, consort. King consort. So it it was really, really uh, well done, this. And it was such a surprise for me when Leandrin sort of just comes out with it, I want you to kill your auntie. And if your mother hears any of this or, or learns anything about this, you're to kill her as well. As Annevere is down in the cellar listening through the air ducts. I, I love that. Yeah. I was like, the house, oh, well, it makes sense. Again, well, the oh, this is the only part of the, the title of this episode, Daystamar, where I'm like, makes sense. So the house Damadred has little vents where you can listen into every room down in the basement. I was like, cool. Yep, that makes Absolutely. sense when you're thinking of a Game of Thrones, House of Thrones, that type of thing. Yeah, get the um, information yeah. so then you can use it against them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, this was cool with the Leandrin because I was the same. I thought this was either going to be she was going to make a weave on them and compel them to do something. She was going to, um, or like just it was going to get bloody or there was just something they were going to say something stupid like, Oh, well there's that friend who keeps calling himself the dragon in the room. Like what about that? And just assuming that they knew about the ace and I, all the ace and I knew. Um, I thought it was going to be something, but to see, yeah, he's a dark friend to see that. No, the only reason that he is the King consort is, and the, the fact that the house has risen so far, it's yeah. not because of his mother, not because of him. It's because he is a dark friend. Absolutely. I, I kind of felt bad for Anna there because, you know, I've loved her uh, her and Moraine's sort of arguments, conversations. I just think it's been like pure magic, these two great actors uh, and how they brought so much to those um, scenes. And I was like... A, I feel really bad for her now because he's literally in telling her that it's down to him being a dark friend. It almost felt like it took all that um, accomplishment away from her. And I, I kind of felt a little sorry for her because I love this character. So, um, yeah, it, it was it was really good, though, because, you know, in that sense, it, it was brutal. But I love the fact that ultimately... Um, in listening in, she preempts all his actions uh, as he goes in person to kill his auntie. And she's not there in the cell, but her sister just comes in and locks him in the cell and, you know, asks him, why did you do it? And, you know, he explains it. it's for the family, it's for the house, it's to progress them within the society at Kyrene. And, um, you know, but his mother, sort of unrelenting, just says, you know, there's two things that my sister understands. The difference between right and wrong and how hard it can be to do the right thing. So you suddenly realize his mom is like totally not with him here. Yeah. You know, he's pleading with her. You can't tell anyone. And she's like, I've told everyone, yeah. including the queen, as some royal guards come just to guard the, the cell, I guess. So like, 
this was like massive for me. I really, really enjoyed it. It's a twist I was not expecting. Um, and it was one I really, really enjoyed. Yeah. Um, with Anna there sort of getting at her own son effectively. Yeah. The one bit that we, it's interesting to see is, Annevere has not told Moraine this. No. She's not told anyone yet. Or that we know. We haven't seen her say to any other Aes Sedai. No. Hold on. You're, you're, one of your sisters just turned around and said, go kill Moraine. Yeah. So when does that get out? That's because that, I was like, we already know that Varen is looking for the Black Aja. Yes. Um, so when that gets out and we hear Leandrin has been kind of somewhat Absolutely. Said to be a dark friend. Yeah. I'm interested to see. And again, is that next episode or is that a season three piece? I'm like, mm, maybe it's dropped. That's next it. Episode. And I mean, even from the previous episode where Varen has that conversation with Leandrin after she's come back through the way gate from Fallon yeah. dropping Nynaeve and Egwene off all, all the episode before, um, episode five. It's like Varen has a, a deep suspicion of Leandrin yeah. anyway. So, you know, I guess she's uh, suspect number one on Varen's list. Yeah. Um, and again, actually, it was great to see Varen in this episode. Again, I think we'll come to her a bit, a bit later. But um, yeah, it, it. I think Leandrin potentially has walls closing in on her here. Yeah. If, you know, that piece of information that, Annevere has got is hugely powerful yeah. and she will have to think how to use that basically. No, 100%. Yeah. Um, I, the one thing I, I, I do know, which is going to be interesting, which is, uh, Annevere, the actress who plays Annevere has stated that she's in season three. Excellent. So stuff. I was like, interesting. So yeah. we're definitely going to get more of this game of houses, which does make sense. Yeah. The only reason I say this is we have not seen much of the, the world house of Andor, of uh, Elaine's mother. Th- that's true. We yeah. haven't seen anything about her brothers yet. We haven't seen, uh, who all major characters in the, in the books, um, of their own right. So maybe we do get some variation of Karain and Andor yeah. and Camelin uh, and this game of houses, the political aspects yeah. next season. With Annevere playing a bigger Maybe. part That'd next be cool. season. Um, because I was just like, well, your story's kind of done. Why? How are you big in season three? Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, maybe maybe there is more to this going forward. Yeah, um, definitely. I hope so anyway, because yeah. I love this character uh, so much. Um, but we'll have to leave our lovely Annevere uh, behind as we move on to Spoke 3. Uh Nynaeve and Elaine get a Suldam. Um, so, you know, they're not in this episode too much. Um, but what they do is really important for the potential to free Egwene from her enslavement and torture at the hands of, uh, of Renna. Um, the one thing I really liked in this was the dynamic between Nynaeve and Elaine because, you know, Elaine is daughter heir to Andor, so she does know how to handle herself, yeah. you know? And I just love her saying to Nynaeve, we've tried it your way, and um, we're doing it my way now. And, you know, they they 
bump into Loyal, who just keeps bowing this and is the kneeling best for it. Yeah, ever. Absolutely, I just love that. You know, he tells them where Egwene is in in the kennels. Uh, but I love where Nynaeve just goes to him. You know. Don't encourage her um, with all this kind of royal deference yeah. that he's doing. So like, yes, 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 yes. I yes, I know. Your, your eyes are your eyes are <laughs> weird. Thank you so much. At least can we get on to this? And it was just it was so it was just like yes, okay, we're gonna give you all that bit and pomps and circumstances because you are an ogre. Oh, okay, and okay, yeah, okay, yeah, fine. Let's move on. Okay, there you go. Yeah, it was just really good. But I loved the kind of you know the wariness, them sneaking around, um, and eventually then they decide to use the collar that Rima had shown them and they'd been trying to crack open on one of the soul dam themselves. And I was just like, yes, you know, serves you right kind of thing. Um, and I kind of love that moment because it was just like, you're realizing what you put the Adame through no. now. Um, and, but I mean, is immediately knocked out by uh, Elaine as then they're going to use her to try and approach the, the kennels uh, in disguise. So, I kind of like this. I know. I think, you know, that's nicely sort of building to a head because, you know, we mentioned Egwene showing off her, you know, simple channeling, which effectively not only knocked all the other yeah. uh, Suldam and Adam off and um, off their feet, but could be heard in Falm. Uh, she did like this massive blast. Yeah. And um, but we have that really kind of again intimate moment between her and her captor Rene in the cell where Rene you know is pleased at how Egwene effectively performs I mean it's like Crufts isn't yeah. it really it's like good dog yeah look I'm gonna I'm just gonna clean you down exactly you. yes she thinks she's turned a corner with Egwene and Egwene with the steel in her voice and in her eyes says I'm going to kill you yeah like okay you know that is a marker and I don't doubt Egwene, like, just from how she told Rene uh, that her days are numbered. Yeah. So, like, fantastic stuff, really. Yeah. So, for for me, the interesting bit is when they put the Adam on the, 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 the Soldam and Basie Maker uh, Damine, um, the interesting part is... It, last episode or the episode before, when they were delving into, look, what, what makes this bracelet the the issue why is it is an angrel is that it's broken and it needed to be on someone to be whole yeah so that's the only way they could figure out so now it's on someone they can figure out how to potentially open it they have to delve it on this woman yeah um so that was really cool Rene saying that she let Egwene keep her name you could see the other the the soldan when she was like what have you named your one yeah and she's like, I let her keep her name. And like, hmm, yeah. why? Again, little bits like this you're seeing, they're building this world so well because you, you're you getting to see, oh, I, I feel, again, knowing the books and where everything goes, I, I, I really start to see, well, you're laying some great foundations. Yeah, definitely. definitely. They have talked, Rafe Lee Junkins have said that he, like, he teaches eight seasons. Eight season, he can tell all the books and all the stories the way they they and they've storyboarded it out. Not storyboard. They've um bibled it out, kind of like yeah. well, if we do this for this season, this season, this season, this all can fit here and here. And they have, they are. And the one thing I will say to them is, with the the Soldam, the Adam, and the, the Damane, and the the Shanchan, and how they are building that, and like 
we the highborn we had that scene with Loyal and yep. the highborn and the singing they're starting to show bits and pieces that will play out if they get season three four or five we will get you will as a an audience start to see and understand yeah oh well home that that plays back to this thing from from season two episode seven well that's it isn't it, it it's like in a sense that they've done really well of getting all the pieces or the majority of pieces on the board here yeah you know then to sort of play within that sort of um ball pit yeah. of of these books and so on but it's just been done in different ways because the one thing I'd say so far is that certainly with this episode, you know, there's a huge familiarity with what's happening, but it's it's slightly different. And I think certainly come on to that with Spoke 4. Um, Moraine versus the Amaralyn seat, um, you know, because this is hugely different from the book, at least for me on at the end of book four this kind of split that you get because you know this this episode all starts off saying 20 years ago uh with the start of this journey for moraine and uh swan sanche and i i this was really good and in in particular i loved uh the the vision of the older isodai guitarra and sort of flashing between her and the birth of Rand, the Dragon Reborn, it was just really good. It just throws you immediately back to season one with that fantastic scene of her, you know, difficult scene of her bleeding out whilst giving birth and Rand coming into the arms of uh, his father. And you, you have that and that, and from season one as well, you, you you know, you know, this secret that they've had as, you know, uh, Guitara, uh, who who dies as well at the same time as Rand's mother? And um, said so before that, she says, "You must not tell anyone. Yeah. Uh, you must effectively help the Dragon Reborn, which seems to go against all these rules, and um, which then come out and, and play with uh, the Amalyn seats, um, effectively. Uh, she, you know, she she's putting Moraine down. It's like." You didn't tell me you were um, stilled. You've you've played a game of chance with the world. We've tried it our way. These rules that have been in place at Tarvalon for 3,000 years are there for a reason. So all of a sudden you have the rebel of Moraine and the previous rebel of Schwan suddenly saying, we've now got to go by the book, yep. you know? Um, this is literally in Star Wars lore as though, well, maybe not to that extent, but it's almost like someone from the re- Rebellion becomes an Imperial officer. It's yep. like, I'm, well, I'm going by the rules now. Um, our, our way that we've been trying has has meant the world has been put at risk by Moraine being stilled as the Amalyn seat feels. And th- there's this split in their friendship but also their relationship that yeah. comes uh, about um and it it's really kind of played out really well and ramped up through this episode i think with you know the with uh Shuan, um meeting the dragon reborn um meeting moraine effectively you know all of this is really good and and it seems like the amalan seat is just like 
having a go at both of them. Moraine, because she's just kept this information from her. Um, and Rand, because if you haven't learned anything in six months. Like, yeah. I mean, she basically ends it with, if only you were a w- woman. Yeah. <laughs> Which is really fun. Cause I've already, yeah. yeah, like, again, yeah, everything would be easier if the Dragon Reborn was a woman. Yeah. Like, it would have been just, the whole thing would have been easier because she would have had Tarvalon to train her and everything. But she's, she's not. She's a he. Yep. He is round. Um, I like this split. This, yeah. this is an interesting one. And again, this for me is very interesting because it is completely left of field of the book and everything. And I'm like, I, I feel that they're doing something here. And again, I don't know whether it's they, they, Suan's under compulsion by Leandrin or something, uh, to say, to kind of go against. I don't know if they think that there's too many ears in House Damagerd where they're meeting. Yeah. And that maybe essentially this is an act. They're afraid that, um, they they want Rand to get to farm to proclaim himself. Yes. So kind of at the end, Suan when she's kind of flopped and they're about to walk through the way gate, um, they it almost looks like her eyes are open and it's almost like I was like, Wait, are you is this you just coming back to your senses, or is this you kind of giving a knowing nod to, to Moraine or what's going on? I'm hoping that there's a bit more Duplicity. Yeah, because it's interesting, isn't it? Because Schwann is almost going against all the law that is written down, the yeah. prophecies. Because you have Varen here, you have um, Moraine saying you are, you proclaim yourself at Falm, yeah. at Tom and Head across the sky. And the Amelin doesn't want him going anywhere near there. And so ultimately, as she says to Rand, you know, we are meant to cage you so that you will be our greatest weapon. Um, Rand thinks he he's going to be stilled and yep. cut off from the source like Legain. Um, and the Amelin's like, well, my Red Sisters would want to do that. But whilst I'm here, you'll be caged. And effectively, Rand is put in prison. And it, it weirdly feels very much the same treatment of Rand as the Senshan are doing to Egwene. Yep. In that sense, you know, it's, we will tell you how to use the one power in the last battle. You know, you'll be caged and it will be, so it, it, it almost feels like the same side of the coin. Yep. Um, you know, it, and it's really interesting, um, that they're doing that. And ultimately you then have Rand caged, um, for pretty much most of the episode until uh, Varin takes it upon herself uh, to do a bit of sneaky um, sort Three of... Oats. Yeah, a bit, a bit of sneaky um, word work, as Moraine would say, um, to effectively come in to take over from uh, Landrin. Uh, she's kind of like the mouth of the animal. She's the keeper. That's the, it, the, the keeper. keeper. The keeper of the, the flame, which is essentially the... Secretary, but the the voice of the the Amelin seat when the Amelin seat yeah. there, but also just essentially her 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 administrative business partner. She's her 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 receptionist, her secretary, her her best practice, but also at the same point her voice when she's not there because yeah. she thinks the the whole thing is that she speaks for the Amelin, so therefore usually knows what the Amelin wants, etc. Yeah. So. But I, I love the fact, you know, a little porky pie there from Varian to get her to go and sort of 
put out the flames and to help Schwan sort of sort of get control of the situation because we also have Lanfear here coming in because whilst Rand is caged and in prison, interestingly, she's that powerful that she can access him or yep. that there is that access there. And he asks for uh, her to, to help him to get out of the predicament so that he can get to Fowl, which is where ultimately she wants him to go. Uh, but, you know, as soon as Varian comes in, so th- there's all these multiple things happening um, and unbeknownst to Rand, he's effectively just released just like that. Um, and Varian gives them this location of a way gate uh, to escape uh, Kyrain. But also, we have Lan also effectively working to free him and to help Moraine. All the way through this, Lan is playing this game, working the relationships to get Moraine and Rand free. Moraine actually can't see it, uh, but you know he's kind of getting the intel here. You know, so you have that moment where he he's asking, you know, did you feel like you wanted to take your life? Yeah, uh, because only two uh, Aes Sedai who have ever been cut off from it have stayed alive. Yeah, the rest have all um, taken their own lives. And she's like, no, that's not what I've ever thought. Um, it's always been about. Um, doing her task that yep. she thought the Amelin seat was with her on. So I, I really enjoyed that because then you kind of suddenly realise, okay, Lan, uh, yeah, you weren't being a prick. Uh, no, and he he used that to figure out to go to Loghain and go, well, what do you see? What weaves do you yep. see? And he figures out then that she's shielded, which is slightly interesting, the whole thing about tying off a weave not being... Uh, known in this this age, yeah, and that's a, a it's a new thing for them that they can just tie off a weave and it just per- goes in perpetuity, uh, or perpetuity kind of just continues on, and this is she's just it's a shield. Um, was- he finds that out, and that's really well, that's different from the book, but again, cool. That's how they're introducing that you can tie a weave or like a flame weave and it just if you tie it off it will just yeah it was, powered it will just be a light source there and it was great because i was wondering how is moraine going to sort of get access back to the one power in order to channel again and there was part of me thinking from the last episode it was going to be the amelin seat yep i would say two-thirds of the way through this before it was kind of all revealed because I really wasn't necessarily picking up on it um, until Lan kind of, you know, arrived as they've just escaped from uh, the cell and, and Rand being caged where he's like, come on, and he goes with them. I was like, okay, so he's been working to do this yeah. all the time. Um, oh, is it going to be Rand that actually... Yeah. Um, unstills her and in fact it is it ends up being rand who uses his sort of dodgy channeling uh, and i did kind of like how the little point was like you don't have the, you do not have the ability to unravel this yeah. weave so just cut it and i was like oh this is either gonna like it's just gonna end like he cuts slightly <laughs> too far yeah it and... felt like where you've got a sort of Chop so like in a zombie movie yeah. where you've got to chop someone's hand off because yeah. they've been bitten on the hand. It's like, oh god, they're not going to be able to do that. Do it. It's kind of feeling its way, but he is the one ultimately that releases uh, this knot so that it all cuts through the knot, and um, so that then the she can 
access and feel the the one power again. Yeah. Rosamund Pike on this is cool. When yeah. you see her once again being able to access that power and that, that, that she, you basically see this elation come back to her face almost immediately. It was just the acting on that was just spectacular because you hear about how often she is like, you, you feel empty because she talks to Rand about being cut off from the source. He's like, this is what it feels like. Yeah. Like, yeah, do you feel no life? There's no joy, no nothing. Um, so it was really interesting to see that. I also like how we are now starting to see how Alana and Varen and Moraine and Lan and everyone is starting to work together. Yes. Like, that yeah. was cool to see that, okay, again, there's a few bits, nothing that haven't been discussed, like the Black Asha and kind of what, when Varen was being, Varen and her warder were being kind of, or sorry, her warder, Tomas, was being um stalked yeah. by Alana's warders. Um, uh, that, 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 that conversation got skipped. That's fine. We shorthanded. Yeah. They, they had a conversation with, oh, you're working, you're working. Okay, cool. Let's work together. I somewhat doubt we're going to get yeah. that next episode, but maybe next season where they, we start to see how the Agis are working together. I think this, I think episode eight is going to be a biggie. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's going to be a biggie and mostly just in film. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> because that's what happens. Like, Basically, Lanfear, Suan comes and attempts to stop well, them, compels via the oaths, the, yeah. the road, the oaths that she has uh, sworn on the rod, that rod, yeah, um, to close the way gate, and she does, and that is potentially the end of uh, the, the relationship or something else. This felt really, really big. This yeah. kind of alliance that this couple has had that is built around friendship and. A romantic yeah. relationship, you know, it's like, like, and secrets and all sorts. I mean, it, it, it's kind of so intermeshed that you really felt, and I love that they brought the animal in here, um, you know, because it just felt so complicated between them. And they really portrayed that complication, you know, as, as you say, when the Amelin commands Moraine to close the way gate, you know, she just says, if you ever loved me, you wouldn't be asking mm. this. Um, but it's like the Amelin has made up her mind. And yeah. as you say, maybe there's something darker underlying yeah. this. Um, but the other side of it is then you introduce Lanfear, who arrives, and you see the power of her where she just swats yep. the Amelin seat away with sort of an air blast. But luckily for uh, Schwan, you know, a, a broken Amelin seat is better than a dead one, yes. uh, which was kind of interesting. And again, this was big. This was really big because ultimately, Lanfear opens up the way gate again and is joined not only by Rand, but by Lan and by Moraine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, Rand kind of steps in just to prevent her from killing uh, Moraine. But this is really different. Um, and yet similar, because in book two, you have Rand moving through the world, not through a way gate, it's, through a, it's a set of stones. Flicker, flicker, flicker. Yeah, and he is joined by Lamphere in that moment, but we don't know it's Lamphere, it's Selene still. Mm, yeah. And in fact, you don't know that it's Lamphere until well into book three. Um, so... You know, it's eerily similar. It's just been changed by the introduction of Lan and Moraine also accompanying him. Yeah. Um, because, 
I think the other big change for me, I don't know what you feel um, about it, uh, but it's just the book, you really get the notion of distrust that Rand has for Moraine. Yeah, and for the Aes Sedai as a whole. Yeah, and the wariness. And so, you know, he's always trying to separate from her. I guess maybe something will still come, and it's not to say that he trusts her wholly, but you know, he steps in there to stop her from being killed. So that's a big sort of statement of trust yeah. or, or need. Um, he's less distrusting, I think, towards the end of this episode. Um, oh, it felt like that to me. Yeah. Um, but he can, obviously, there's a long way to go and that can come out much more, um, you know, in other episodes, other seasons. Yeah. Part for me that there's really, they're kind of not going is the madness, which is in, in the books, the, the madness that comes with channeling as a man. Um, like we start to see Rand talk to himself, just not trust everyone. Yeah. Really kind of distrust the, the, the Amelin seat, the, the, the Ace of Eye and Moraine to the fact that he feels he's being com- controlled and kind of set on a path, which he is. He is being pushed towards this prophecy yeah. um, and he doesn't trust himself almost no. as well because of that self-doubt of g- thinking he's going mad yeah. or is going mad and the hearing the voice talking yeah. to him and we're getting bits of that which like Lanfear saying more and more each day you're like lose yeah you're so like lose my like loose was the previous dragon reborn uh and was Lanfear's lover and things like that so she had i i, I feel maybe Episode 8 of season 1, we got that flashback of yeah. the original dragon. I feel we might get that again. Interesting, I feel yeah. like they'll open episode 8 here with another flashback back to the, the last age with Luce, with Lanfear and yeah. Ishii. Everyone there and showing off that previous life um, to set some of that up. Interesting, yeah. Because what we, you're right, we don't get the flicker, flicker, flicker. Yeah. Because flicker, flicker... Um, and any of the book readers will understand what I'm saying, but like, yes, how he got there was flicking through different, uh, gates and different realities potentially. And yes, things almost like, like portal stones. Yes. Type exactly. thing. Yeah. Um, he got visions of potential future, futures, potential pasts, potential presents, different things. He like, he jumps around and that's not here, but part of that allowed him to, in the books, allowed him to become okay with being the Dragon Reborn. Yeah. So what we don't have yet is he does. Right now, I feel like in the show, Rand doesn't want to proclaim himself as the Dragon Reborn. Yeah. And so we have an episode to go where he has to get to being okay, calling himself that Dragon Reborn. Yeah. Like calling himself the Dragon and somehow proclaiming it in the sky yeah in flames it's that kind of contrast between what he wants to do which is not proclaim himself and the inextricable movement towards fate and yeah. this prophecy um which you know whilst he doesn't he's now heading on his way through the waygates uh, to falm um with you know moraine lan and lamphere so oh yeah that's kind of like going on a long distance journey and being squashed in the back of a car with like 
someone who you your just ex, don't... Your ex-wife, your ex-girlfriend, <laughs> and your current <laughs> Exactly. Um, I did, as I say, I love the complexity that the Amelin and Moraine pulled out for this, even just sort of the voices going through as Moraine is d- trying to decide whether to help the Amelin. You know, she the Amelin kind of reaches out to plead with her not to go. Yeah. But ultimately, she goes, and I, I really like that, uh, coupled with that that whole tension between the two. So, yeah, I, yeah. I, I thought this was like a big, big moment uh, yeah. as well. I, I really do like that they are moving the chessboard. Everyone goes to Falm by the end of this episode. All our key players are yep. in Falm, definitely like everyone. So you've got Matt's there, Perrin and Avenyenda, yeah. along with Bane and Chad are now there, the two other uh, Maidens of the Spear, yeah. who join uh, Avignenda on the, with, and beat the living toth out of her. <laughs> um, which, it was, that's kind of a note bit. But essentially, everyone is there. Everyone, yep. this big ending we're going to get in the next episode is really interesting. Yeah, they just, definitely. They, they set it up really well. Excellent stuff. I think, uh, fellow wheelies, uh, yes, that's our four spokes for this episode. Um, a big episode with a lot of stuff going, uh, on in it. And of course, leading to Tom and Head and Falm, which, uh, cannot wait to see what, uh, comes out in episode eight. But before we move on to our final thoughts, uh, any notes? from uh, the episode Chris just a quick one we are introduced to Bane and Chiat two yeah. others maidens of the the spear um, two other Aeel um, with Avignenda and Perrin kind of walking to Falm um, and we do get introduced to Toth which is this kind of oh, oh like almost like I owe you. you yes. I owe you my life like a blood oath a blood oath a debt a debt blood debt probably potentially a debt a yeah. Toth is I, I am indebted to you um, and we do get kind of that, uh, piece. We do get one tr- piece that they don't even call out, which is, um, the maidens talk with hand, hand gestures. Yes. Hands, like almost like a sign language. Uh, and that is a big thing. And for this, this, uh, group, and we see it here. Like they, they talk to each other with this, um, maiden talk or kind of sign language. Um, and it's really cool to see. And they beat the living toth out of, Avignenda because she had tough. <laughs> yeah, they, 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 yeah, because of the death of Jolien. Yeah. Um, and, and they do their beating. And once they've done it, it's like, and now we're fine. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And we move yeah. on. It's kind of like, yes, we, we put the, the line in the sand with, with what happened. Um, which I kind of quite liked actually. But, uh, yeah, I can't wait to see, uh, them being involved with something in in Falm as well. Interestingly, as they approached Falm, they said this water wasn't here because they come from the waste, the Isle. So which is the big desert, big desert. So you know, and as we hear, you know, they're calling Perrin a wetlander. But it, just the way it was said, it was almost like have they got climate change going on here and sea level rise? Because it was like, was that not, um, was that not water? Was that not a bay uh, beforehand? So I didn't quite understand that, but maybe it's just because they're seeing the sea. I think that's it. Yeah. For the first time, they, they um, it, how how is this here? How yeah. is this so big, this big water uh, that like they, again, they come from a desert. They are, they, the Aeel are supposed, almost like redheaded, kind of nomadic uh, 
Which is the worst warriors. thing to be yes. in a desert. Pale skin, yeah. red hair. Like, <laughs> like you pick and choose that one. Sunburn. Like, oof. oof. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're not used to seeing that much water. Uh, uh, but yeah, that's my only note. It was good to see them and see them in the next episode, hopefully more. Excellent. Well, fellow wheelies, we have spoke. Chris, did you enjoy this episode of Wheel of Time? Yes, I really did. Um, I, I, I've been, each episode is kind of growing more for me. Um, trying to understand where they are kind of diverging from my known kind of lore and interesting to see how they pull this together. I am really interesting to see at the end of next episode, rewatch this and kind of see how this fits as a structuring point for this whole yeah. season. But as an individual episode, it is fun to see the chess pieces being moved around the board in towards this end. Like, I don't know where Matt's vision is going to land, how it's going to play out, but I'm interested to see that. I don't know how this dark friend being from House Damageret is going to play in to the wider yeah. story. But because now they know Leandrin is a dark friend because she gave the order. But where does that play into it? Um, again, with Moraine and the Amelin being now completely at odds, how does that play in? Yeah. Um, but I'm really here for it, which is, I thought part of me thought you're, you're, you're changing my sacred texts. You're changing my <laughs> yeah. story. And again, I reminded myself of something Derek said ages ago, which is this is an adaptation. And I'm like, yeah, that's what this is. They are making the changes for a different medium and i'm kind of here for this different version yeah Uh, i'm like oh this is playing out in a different way and i'm i'm really interested to see how what they put together plays into season the finale of season two and that's really so like next episode i'm hoping for a good 70 minute or the really is gonna just yeah lay out that board which is also gonna be action filled i know it now like you're putting it every like basically it's a battlefield we're about to go into. Yeah, definitely. Uh, absolutely loved it. What about yourself, John? What are your final thoughts for this episode of Wheel Time? Yeah, I absolutely loved this episode. I'd give it five wacky brews out of five. <laughs> um I mean, for me, I definitely still want more Matt, uh, for sure. And uh but I was pleased to get more of him in this episode. Um yeah. And I'm, I'm hoping that Min comes back because obviously he's been separated yeah. from Min here, uh, as well. But, uh, I, I just thought that relationship change, you know, the bookends of this episode with seeing Moraine and, uh, Swan Sanchez, uh, you know, 20 years ago and in this final, that relationship change, uh, is massive. And, you know, this kind of breakaway group of Varin, Alana, all their warders with Moraine and Lan, that Lan ultimately is back with Moraine and she has the, uh, and she's able to channel again. Absolutely loved that. I mean, I just thought it was really, really great. Um, and all the other different parts of this with Rand and the Amelin, with Lanfear, who is just fantastic, but see, you just see how powerful, uh, she is. Uh, it was just really good. So yeah, for me, love this episode. Um, five wacky brews out of five. Excellent. Speaking of a brew, should we head on over to the tavern? Yeah, I think hot whiskey time. Oh, uh, certainly given the weather out here, uh, in, at the moment, to be honest, with rain lashing down, I think it is time. Fellow wheelies, fellow quizzes, to go to the Wheel of Time Tavern quiz. So, we are on episode seven, which means question seven. 
What game is Legane playing when Lan comes to visit? Yes, he does call it out. He so does. There. It's a, it, this is an easy one. Well done. That's it nice. is. Yeah. It is a good one. So one more time. What game is Legane playing when Lan comes to visit? Excellent. Answers on the back of a postcard. When I've been a postcard, it is an email to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com at the end of the season when you have all eight questions, send in all the answers and you can be in with your chance to win some Wheel of Time goodies. Absolutely. Uh, keep Get those answers in, fellow wheelies and quizzes. Another thing we love to get is your feedback. And um, first off, we have an email through from Coffee and Vodka. Yes, Coffee and Vodka had this to say. Greetings, fellow farm fellowship defenders. And a strange fellowship it is indeed. Lanfear's role seems to be to stick it to Ishmael whenever and however she can, while regaining her Dragon Reborn boyfriend, which can't be good news for Egwene. Speaking of, her continued defiance is all sorts of level of badass. If the tea tells true, and it isn't just a trick from Ishmael's part, Matt's heel turn is no turn at all, unless he's gaming the tea maker's plan for him, that is. Rand's all but untested power, which could bode well or ill for either side. About the only certainties are Nynaeve's eventual ability to disable the collar, and the event of the show and seasons, Moraine's now full participation at her full powers. In the end, it looks as though, should light win over dark, it will be due to the former's absolute focus and latter's diffuses goal tripping each other up. However, it turns out, it should be a real barn burner in farm. Mm. For Matza swinging, <laughs> Gordon solutions and detain <laughs> Barthans out of five. Peace and take care, coffee and vodka. P.S. Lampier's become the standout so far for me, playing her part like a Goram rock star. Yeah, really, it just, Lampier yeah. really is. The actress who plays her has it down. She had that Celine character, and she has that Lampier character, and she just, the, the way she holds herself as she's walking through the foregate, just yeah. like, explosion here, fire there, that person thrown in the air, just like, whipping her hands well, and that, just like this level of like that's it she badass. well and it, she almost like goes oh like you know two thousand years and i'm back here it's almost like she did it previously yeah. and it's like okay this is starting to bore me now that i'm having to do the same thing that i did it's like when you know and you know it's just the look that these people are like ants i mean as she blows the gate all oh the people yeah, yeah like there's know? like 20 people doing ah and then you just see her walk over these charred bodies like yeah yeah yeah, I mean, just really good. And I mean, even just like as she just goes to to Rand at the waygate in Kyrene, says, "I said the la- the next time I see you two together, I'll kill kill you." As she's about to go, but he's, he intervenes and steps in front of a kind of line of one power fire, which I guess she'd just bend around him. She's so powerful, but you know. But she doesn't. So, again, all this is really interesting around Lamphere. So when you realize that she, you know, used to have the hots for, yep. for Luz uh, Theron. So, yeah. She I'm, still I'm, has the hots for Rand. To be fair, yeah. as a straight-blooded, just, like, man, 
That's like they're just constantly putting him in that desert, and as much as they're going to just kind of take his shirt off <laughs> yeah. as possible this season, like I've seen more shots of him without a shirt than I think I've seen him shirted. I'm like, Phew. I think. Well, I mean, look, the the next stage is he's got to have his pants off at some point. But then we're into Game of Thrones territory. That we're is not true. Right there that yet. is true. We're not there quite yet. Absolutely. Um, great stuff, coffee and vodka. Thanks as always for giving your thoughts and feedback. Uh, I like the Gordian knot solution. Yes, it was uh, that flew into my mind as well. And um, over on our Facebook, we have some feedback. Joe Herbers says, "As a non-book reader, I don't quite understand what's going on. I guess I understand why Rand asked Lamfair to get him out, although she's destroying the town." But then I don't understand why Moraine and Lan went with them through the gate, or why Lanfair left them. It's hard to see how all the separate plots are to come together in the season finale, so maybe they won't. Why does anyone other than his friends care about Matt? How does Perrin's story relate to the others? It all seems disjointed. Thanks, Joe. I think it's part of, I think, what Robert Jordan has done here. I mean... To me, this is almost a bit like the antithesis of the Fellowship and the Lord of the Rings. But even the Fellowship was disjointed, and um, but stayed together. This is that actually Matt, Perrin, Rand, Nynaeve are such good friends, such close friends, but they're always separated. Yeah, and and, and doing their other things, but that because they're Tavirin, they are shaping the overall Story. goal and and wheel and thread that is coming through but separately and then there are points that they will come together so we you know all these different stories are going to focus on Fal yeah. here and um, they they're all moving in that direction and that's part of this kind of you know the inevitability the fate yeah. side of things so i i think that's um you know, part of it. So hopefully it won't be as disjointed. I think with Matt, I think ultimately Matt is this outsider. Um, and so I guess they're friends. So everyone can always have an outsider in their group. But I, I think, you know, I definitely want to see more of Matt in yeah. the series. I do feel of all of them, um, he is... He's probably had the, the the shortest amount of screen time, and I think, you know, in terms of their stories, it's ultimately how they shape the story. So with Perrin's story, it's his wolf brother power and how that and his history and his personality and how that shapes the weave. With Matt, I don't think we've seen as much of it yet. Yeah. Um, certainly part of it is his overriding sense and context, I think, of being, you know, possibly ashamed of where he came from or, you know, frightened at becoming his father. And we, what we haven't seen here is how his gambling, his use of the die, yeah. the playing of the cards, how, in a sense, Matt is a master of chance. Yes. That's not really come through. And so I, I think ultimately all these weave together to, I think, effectively what will come in episode eight. So hopefully it'll be feel less disjointed then. Yeah, I, I think that it's 100% what you're talking about. Like the, this whole thing, all the books, all the stories has always been, 
here are the, the, the five separate stories. And it is, Rand is the dragon, but they are all different parts of the story. And they, for large swaths of the books, they are separate, doing their things. And they all, when they come together, big things happen. So again, in Falm, big things are going to happen. I don't think everything is going to kind of be, um, wrapped up because we know we have season three. They're bringing the story forward. Yeah. So there will be parts that just are not. Um, but I think majority of the bits will be kind of wrapped. I, I can see where they're going with one or two bits. Um, but I, I honestly think some of it is just going to be, and now into season three. Guess what? This is going to happen. Um, so wait and see. I, I think, I, I think you'll, Joe, I think you'll really enjoy it. I, I, I hope so, because if you don't enjoy it, probably neither will I. But anyway, um, thanks so much for your feedback. We also got some feedback from Dr. Bob Phillips, who had this to say. 30 minutes in, I don't see how they can end the series 90 minutes from now. 58 minutes in. <gasps> what temperature? So what? Lan, Moraine, and Rand, and Randy, I mean Lanfear, are off to meet Quake, Queenie, and Cuff, <laughs> Bad Boy, and a pack of wide aeels before the sky burns? How is this going to happen? The colours of the dragon weaves are fantastic, and the outfits and attitude of Lanfear are quite mesmerising. Still impressed by the untamed academics too. I wouldn't want to return <laughs> a book late, or dog-eating to them. Yes. <laughs> the, you, actually, one thing we haven't called out much in this, uh, in our kind of conversations throughout this season is the outfits. Yeah. Like, they have really kind of outdone themselves with like the, the coats, the outfits for Lanfear. Like, when they put Rand, they took his good jacket off and they put the other one where yeah. it was embroidered in it was the, amazing. The, 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 the house demigrade colors and things. Little touches like that, which you don't, don't even see until you kind of look back at it really really good yeah and i i like the idea uh dr bob of the untamed academicals too uh because it's that kind of thing that you always see you know that like varian is is the librarian you know the 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 researcher the professor of of the Aes Sedai she just uses that to kind of just quietly it's like Mm -hmm. Here you go, Moraine. Here, here's, uh, here are ogre maps of, of uh, Karhain. Yep. And uh, it's just like, I, I love these little insertions that she's doing. And hopefully, I think, you know, around Leandrin, there's an insertion there where she ultimately gets to hear that she is a dark friend yes. and goes into action. Uh, so, yeah, good stuff, uh, Dr. Bob. Glad it... Um, you know, you can see them all coalescing, uh, around, uh, Falm as well, uh, and to see, the sky. uh, yeah, the sky and what will Rand do. Excellent stuff. Hello, fellow wheelies. It's Derek here. Just jumping in while I'm editing. Uh, the guys did a great job there on the podcast. I think, uh, didn't spoil anything from the books, but good to have the two book readers together for an episode. Uh, used to do that all the time on, uh, Wheel of Time season one. I wasn't being lazy. I was taking care of, uh, Chris's son, Miles, a gorgeous little kid. Uh, nice to have a bit of time with him myself while the two guys uh, did the podcast. But I did forget to put in a little bit of feedback that we got in from Elias Von Doom, who sent in his feedback on episode six just after we'd recorded last week and on episode seven as well. First up on episode six, Elias Von Doom says, Greetings, Wheelers. Holy crap, this must be the darkest episode ever. I spent the entire episode fearing for Egwene. 
When she gets loose, I expect a true carry event. I'm eager to see the Amerlin seats meeting with Moraine. They'd best come up with a strong plan quickly. The Shan Shan have replaced the White Cloaks as my most despised entities. I never thought I'd be rooting for them to attack and kick some Shan Shan butts. Leandrin needs sorted and soon. It was sad to see so many Aes Sedai in chains. The wheel weaves as the wheel wills, but in this case, the wheel sucks. Elias Von Doom. Thanks for that, Elias. It was a really tough episode to watch that episode six. Everything seemed to be going really badly for Egwene. Such a great performance, though, from Madeline Madden in the episode. Just tough to tough to not watch with a, with a performance like that going on. And absolutely, yeah, the Shan Shan are really uh, villainous uh, in these episodes, definitely. Uh, I think a lot of the stuff you were talking about there does seem to come up in episode seven. So let's hear your episode seven thoughts. Uh, again, Elias Van Doom says, greetings, wheelers. I have an idea for a new comic book series. What if the Sandman met Lanfear? I feel as bad for Rand as Egwene, both trapped because of something they never sought. Never would have expected Barthanas as a dark friend. They seem to be everywhere. I was surprised to see the Amerlin defeated so easily. Will she rebound from Lanfear's attacks? Hopper seems to be determined to look after Perrin and return him to the pack. I can't wait to see Egwene go full on carry on Renna. Nice to see Moraine get her mojo back. The wheel weaves as the wheel wills, Elias Von Doom. Thanks again for that. Uh, yeah, I think you're totally right. You said it in, in your feedback there. Egwene going full carry on Renna. Yeah, I can really see Egwene taking everything out on her. It's good to see in this episode uh, the guys we're talking about where we see Elaine and Nynaeve making steps towards uh, freeing Egwene, hopefully, because in her threat to Rena in this episode, you can really see that Egwene is going to uh, really kick her butt too. Um, I think the guys speculated about this in the podcast, that the Amarlin may not have been defeated as easily. This may have been in her plan, or maybe there's something else surreptitious about the way that she's working here. Uh, more to find out on that, I guess, in the next episode as well, uh, as we get into the season finale of The Wheel of Time. Oh, that idea of a, a spin-off show with the Sandman and uh, Lanfear. Yeah, I totally watch that. And I think I'm sure Gaiman could write that. Neil Gaiman uh, can put his hand to anything. That would be uh, that would be an awesome crossover between the two shows. Uh, unfortunately, one um, on Netflix and one on uh, Prime Video. But they could work that out, couldn't they? Thanks so much for joining us. I'll hand you back to Chris and John to close out this episode, and I'll be back next week for the finale of The Wheel of Time. Well, that's all our feedback for this episode. So that means we are at the end of the episode. Don't forget, if you have any of the feedback for this episode or episode 8, don't forget to send it to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com or there'll be the spoiler post for that episode each and every episode over on our Facebook page on facebook.com slash groups slash tvpodcastindustries. We're over on Twitter as well, or X I should say, at TV Pod Industries. Yes, always there. Come over, have the conversations with us. And don't forget, if you enjoy what you hear, you can head on over to Apple Podcasts or any podcast catcher or Spotify and like, rate, review, and do all those fun things. But most importantly, don't forget to share the podcast because sharing the podcast helps get the word out there. And sharing the podcast is what? It is sharing the love. Oh, yes. yes. Which I think Moraine and the Annalyn seat need at yes. the moment. This yes. will, hopefully they're going through a breakup from hell. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, of course, fellow wheelies, um, there are no beginnings and endings uh, on the Wheel of Time, but we will be back next week to begin our episode eight podcast of the Wheel of Time, the finale of season two as we wrap up now the penultimate 
podcast of the series of Wheel of Time. Yes. yes. What a great one it's been. We have also just uh, finished uh, covering Good Omens on uh, Season 2 on Prime Video, and we're covering Star Wars Ahsoka each week as well, who also just had their penultimate episode. So next week will be Finale Central uh, here on TV Podcast Industries uh, as we cover Episode 8 of Star Wars Ahsoka, as well as Episode 8 of the Wheel of Time. Yes. And if you like the boys and you like the, uh, any kind of boys related uh, on Prime yes. or the comic books, Dirty we're humor. also covering Gen V. The first three episodes of that are out. And next week will be episode four of Gen V. And also this week, or next week, I should say, when you're hearing this, uh, Loki. <laughs> season two yes. stars on disney plus yes we are busy busy podcasters so yes. if you enjoy loki don't forget season two of that is starts with uh on wednesday yes i believe it is out on a yes. wednesday as well there may be a few little delays of our podcast coming out because of course as you do uh, we are going away to see a music gig in Manchester as of Thursday for the weekend. So we will be doing our best to wrap up these shows and begin the the new shows that are coming out that we're covering uh, with Loki uh, and and uh, Gen V as well. So uh, yes. Pray for us, uh, fellow wheelies, because there is going to be a lot of podcasting uh, to come from us. Yes, but gives you time to get your feedback into feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com for the finale of Wheel of Time, for the finale of Ahsoka, and on the, the opening episodes of Loki and opening or episode four of Gen V. Make sure you get your thoughts in there and we'll make sure we read them out when we podcast. But for now... It is a goodbye from me, and we will see you next week. Yes, fellow wheelies, thank you for joining us for episode 7 of The Wheel of Time. Until next week, keep watching, keep listening, and keep wheeling. Bye.